extra daily planet extra. Every punch you've thrown, every kick you've landed, they have all led you here to this moment, to the ultimate fight. Who am I fighting? A being who stands against all there ever was or will be. The apocalypse itself. The Anti-Monitor. It's time to get your friends. We defeat the Anti-Monitor. We find a way to get all the people we lost back. All life ends. Only I am eternal. We'll see about that. If we're gonna go down, we go down fighting. Let's do this. Man of three. Is this what all the crossovers are like? Everybody. Welcome to episode 31 of Man of Screen Extra. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and this episode, we are going to complete our coverage of the CW crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't have as crowded of a episode this week. It'll run a little shorter, but it'll be an interesting conversation nonetheless. This time around, I will not be joined by Bob Fisher and uh, Beth Hughes, but I will be joined by Scott McGregor, Brian Hughes, and... We'll also be joined by his son, uh, Christopher, who, or Chris, who is uh, 13 years old. So that is definitely something uh, you should look forward to as Chris uh, shares his story and his experience with us. Before I get into the business of this week's episode, though, I want to address the status of the main show, the uh, true Man of Screen podcast, the coverage of Superman from 1941 until the present day. I have not released an episode of that since... November, since the episode about Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, was dropped. Episode number 148, I believe. So, if there's any concern that the show is gone or going away, I just want to let you know that is not the case. I am working on new episodes covering Ruby Spears, Superman, and the Adventures of Superboy TV show. So, the show will be coming back at some point in 2020. I am aiming for March, although I'm not promising that. You see, back uh, in... Late July, early August. Actually, while I was away on vacation in the middle of July, I got an email from uh, an editor of the local paper where I do a lot of freelance sports writing. I'd been doing a little bit here and there at that point, but not nearly as uh, much as I would have liked. And I had taken a part-time job at the local supermarket as kind of a side gig to make some extra money. And uh, while I was away on vacation in the middle of July, I got an email saying that uh, his current guy on staff was leaving. And uh, when we discussed what possible options were available to each, each of us, I decided to do more freelance work for him and quit the supermarket. That being said, you're thinking, well, big deal, right? Well, no, not exactly, because one of the nice things about working part-time at the supermarket was once I came home at 9 or even 10 o'clock, I was done. The rest of the time was my own. Now, even though I'm at home more, I'm working a little bit later on stories and photos 
And basically, that cuts into my podcasting time, so it's really slowed down production of episodes. And plus, there was a stretch where, honestly, probably December, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. (laughs) Probably a little bit of burnout. You know, that happens with a weekly show sometimes. But that being said, I have recorded, so far as of this date, recorded and edited the next four Man of Screen podcast episodes, episodes 149 through 153. So more episodes are coming. I just don't know when I'm going to start releasing them yet, if I'm going to wait until I have like 10 or so. I mean, I have enough feedback built up from Dave McElvenny for 11 episodes before I have to drop an episode to get more feedback. So I can wait until I've exhausted all feedback before I start dropping episodes and start dropping on weekly again. Or at some point, I could just come back every two weeks until I feel like I have enough episodes built up, which I'm not as keen on. Also, there's the ongoing issue for about a month now with the uh, Two True Freaks website. For those of you who subscribe to the Mega Feed, it's probably been uh, as frustrated as the rest of us that the feed sometimes doesn't update or updates randomly or doesn't work at all. That's because our website is so old and we're in the process of getting it updated. And I'm pretty much content to not release any episodes until the new site is in place. So it's possible I may just wait for that. But bottom line... The Man of Screen podcast is not gone. It will be back with new episodes covering Ruby Spears, Superman, and the Adventures of Superboy. Hopefully starting in March, maybe mid-March, maybe April, but definitely in the uh, first half of 2020. So now I want to move into the uh, rest of the episode right now. I have feedback to address. I have two emails here from Dave Beckelvenny. The uh, first is feedback on my question from uh, the, that I asked Dave regarding uh, Crisis. And Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. To clarify my comment that I thought Ruby Rose's performance was better in the Crisis crossover than it has been so far in her own show, I don't think the writing was behind that. I think she's getting to be better in her performance. That's probably partly due to some more experience. I assume these Crisis episodes may have been shot after most of the episodes so far of Batwoman, and perhaps working with the other actors who have more experience, especially in the superhero genre. Even over the course of the first season of her show, I've seen improvement, I think. That's not a big criticism of her. I think if we look back on the first season of most of the CW superhero shows, we see something similar, particularly for the lead characters. I think the only one who really hit the ground running was Chris Williams as Jefferson Black Lightning Pierce, but he was older and more experienced than most of the others in their first seasons, I think. Hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Healthy New Year. Enjoy the Roaring Twenties. Dave. So, uh, Dave, I thank you for writing in and sharing uh, your opinion on uh, Ruby Rose's performance, your clarification to my question. I I really don't know when uh, this was filmed in relation to the other episodes of her show. They had to work everything around this, I assume. Wow. Who knows, there might eventually be an episode of Batwoman where you don't see much of Kate because she's busy filming the crossover. So I'm sure just filming this crossover amongst the, all the other shows is a logistical nightmare. I mean, th- when you think about it, for every day Ruby spends guest starring in an episode of... Supergirl or The Flash for the sake of the crossover, that's a day she's not filming her own show. So, Like I said, this must be a logistical nightmare for all involved. So that's that letter. Uh, now Dave also wrote in on Man of Screen Extra episode number 30, which was my Christmas episode on uh, Lethal Weapon. And uh, Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. Thanks for this Christmas gift. I've never seen Lethal Weapon or its sequels, but I have seen some clips from it, and I know the basic storyline, and I think you've done a nice job discussing it. I have enjoyed Danny Glover's work and much of Mel Gibson's, despite his off-screen antics and reputation. I don't have much to say in comment on the movie except for one thing. 
at one point you played a clip where someone mentioned that Mel Gibson's character practiced martial arts, like Tai Chi, so he was himself a quote-unquote lethal weapon. I have taken Tai Chi classes, and I find that idea hilarious. If you've ever seen a group of people engaged in Tai Chi, you'd notice they move extraordinarily slowly, so it would be hard to classify them as lethal weapons. Karate, Judo, Kung Fu, Krei Maga? Sure, those could be lethal. But Tai Chi? I don't think so. Live long and prosper, Dave. Uh, thank you, Dave, for uh, writing in. And uh, yeah, I'm right there with Dave on, Mel, on Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. I liked, I've enjoyed Danny Glover's work and, you know, Mel Gibson, too, uh, despite the baggage that seems to come with him. As for Dave's comment on the clip that I played, uh, the character in question was Roger Murtaugh. And one thing I'd like to remind you, Dave, just because a character says something doesn't mean it's accurate or even true. I interpret that scene as Murtaugh not knowing what the hell he's talking about. So basically, when he says something like, Tai Chi and dumb shit, he has no idea what he's talking about. He probably couldn't tell you Tai Chi from karate or judo. To him, they're probably all the same. So yeah, I would, I'm with you. Tai Chi, no. Tai Chi does not. I would not classify anyone I think doing Tai Chi as a lethal weapon. I mean, I haven't done any Tai Chi. I haven't taken any classes, but it, it seems more to help you kind of get into a meditative state than uh, the others. So, in my eyes from that, uh, Murtaugh is coming from a place of complete ignorance. So, thank you, Dave, for writing in. You could write in, too. I'd love to hear your feedback. It's always welcome. Man of screen at gmail.com. So, at this point, I'm going to take a break, play a couple promos, and then I'm going to come back with Brian Hughes, Christopher Hughes, and uh, Scott McGregor. We're going to talk parts four and five of CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Hang around, folks. I'm Thomas DJ, top professional. I'm Scott McGregor, talented amateur. And we'd like to invite you to join us for our journey through every adventure of the Avengers. No, not that Avengers. You won't find any tights, magic hammers, or fancy shields here. But you will find some supervillains and some hot women in tight leather, so there is that. And champagne. Oh, yeah, lots of champagne. With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler, that other Avengers podcast, covering the seminal spy series that lasted from 1961 to 1969 on an episode-by-episode basis. Join us as we explore the television series that helps shape pop culture. I mean, an icon out of Diana Rigg, Honor Blackman, and Patrick Dean. With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler. That other Avengers podcast, coming straight towards you every month. Only on the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. All right, welcome back, folks. As promised, uh, most of us are back for uh, this this coverage of the second half of, uh, well, not really second half, more like uh, the last uh, two-fifths of uh, the CW Fr- Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. We uh, had some trouble with the Book of Destiny uh, this week, as <laughs> yeah. I only have some of my paragons of podcasting with me. <laughs> now, I don't know what happened to your house, Brian, but did you, did you leave the book out? Because it, it appears that uh, your son Christopher has... Uh, written his name over Beth's. Yes. Well, I mean, it's ours is on a whiteboard. I mean, we get just like giant stack of whiteboards. Oh, that's it that's the way to do it. Every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> just wipe and, and draw yourself a new reality any minute. Yeah. yeah every single one of them is emasculating. I don't understand that. But, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, we've, uh, we brought along Christopher this time. Unfortunately, Beth got called into work for late shift. And so, and she found out that yesterday, and it really broke her because she wanted to be on here for this. My son Christopher is also joined us. Tomorrow's his birthday. He'll be 13 years old. Yay. Say hi. Hello. Happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday. 
He's been so excited about this, and now he's just like, you know, it's like those family circus cartoons. Whenever they're trying to take a picture of the kids, they're moving around and shuffling and everything, and then you finally say, okay, let's take a video of everybody, and they're just standing there, stock still and quiet. And that's exactly what's going on now, because he was like, really, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. And now he's just quiet. Quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Well, Chris is not the youngest person to ever appear on this podcast. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I've had Haley on a couple times. Yeah. Oh. Well, I am. I thought you were referring to me in, in my, uh, about my spirit age. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. We don't have the oldest person I've ever had on this podcast, as uh, Bob Fisher must have got, got lost, and uh, he is uh, not, not here tonight either. Yeah, that stinks, because I wanted, yeah. wanted to hear his thoughts on this. Because he must have had some nice squee moments in this one. Oh, didn't everybody? I mean, yeah. they just, yeah. they they did pull out a lot of stops. Not all of them, but a lot of them. As much as they could afford. Mm-hmm. Got to remember, they're working on Endgame's uh, catering budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But no, actually, uh, as of tonight, recording this on January 22nd, today is uh, Bob's birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday, Bob. So he is celebrating, yes. Happy birthday, Bob. Wow. Right, Bob. Made it to another one. That's that's how I always look at it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? All right, so being that Chris has... Ne- Chris, Christopher, what, what, do, what do you uh, prefer? On what? Do you prefer to be called Chris or Christopher? Chris. Do I have to spell yes. everything out? Chris, Christopher, Enrique <laughs> Chavez. I can, really? I'm flexible. Call him Chris. Chris, okay. So, uh, so And I want to be made- called Gleek the Space Monkey. For this podcast, there's definitely family resemblance. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brian may want to help uh, Chris out on this on this question. You know, he being that he wasn't here for part one. What is uh, what's Chris's uh, and obviously Chris can answer for himself. What we is, wish uh, he would. His father talks too much already. <laughs> that, that, that's that's true. Okay. Well, he, let me let me let me put the ventriloquist dummy arm up my son's butt. Oh, and... ooh, I thought this was a family podcast. <laughs> I thought I heard something squishy. I guess that is family. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's plugging something in, so bear with him for just a second. Uh, no. Okay. Right, so, so where do you want him to is, start? Yep. So what is Chris's Chris? What is your origin story with uh with Crisis? How how much uh how much has your dad told you about this thing heading uh, heading into uh these episodes? Okay, you're three years old and you finally start being able to comprehend things. What does your dad do? He imprints the 1990s flash in your head. <laughs> well, of course. That's good parenting. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say father of the year. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had the DVD set of the, of the full series there. And, you know, the, he I, I had, of course, we had this gigantic video collection um, back then. We were able to afford to buy stuff then. And. So we had bought like you know all the DVD collections. Before Chris flash. started growing up and eating everything, is that what you're saying, Dad? <laughs> yes. They don't have to grow uh, up to each other house at home. <laughs> it's the shoes right now that really eat into the budget because he, he he likes these very expensive two hundred dollar pairs of shoes, and darn it, he seems to find a way of earning them, you know. But um, so yeah, yeah, we um we I I had uh, DVD collections of of Flash, Batman, Superman, the animated series, and all that, and he gravitated towards the Flash and the Superman series, and uh, you know he saw all those, and of course, well, go ahead, you, you don't want me talking. 
Oh, well, um, ever since I was a little kid, my favorite character has really actually always been Batman. Okay, he can't be on this podcast Excellent. anymore. <laughs> it's Batman and uh, and Flash. You know, the thing is, is that when he was younger, it was Robin. It was always Robin until he got older than it was Nightwing. And um, you, met, you met Burt Ward, and he was really cool to you. But, uh, I mean, you know, now he's gotten older, he's gravitating towards Batman. I don't know. Go figure. Makes sense. I was kind of a Batman kid, too, because I always yeah. thought it would have been cooler to ride in the sidecar on the Bat cycle and actually just riding the Bat cycle. I don't know. I was a weird kid. So you, you uh, wanted to ride in the sidecar with your knees and your chin? Well, you know, it wasn't so much that, just that I was, I would be able to, you know, sit next to Batman. And I always considered my father kind of Batman because he had this like a 76 blue, navy blue Corvette. So that was literally the Batmobile to me when I would ride around with him. So, oh, yeah, so, yeah, Batman I was, cool. Batman I was cool with liking boys. Robin too. But. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and, and then you get older and you realize it's uncool to like Robin. Well, you, you as you get older and, and notice what clothes he was wearing, yeah, I think there's <laughs> yeah. most of well, then, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, because like Tim Drake, you know, he's got you know green pants. He's got pants. Yeah, he's got yeah. Pants. yeah, that's the important part. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, really, one of my favorite characters was uh, uh, not Damian Wayne. It was the one who turned into a uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd, Jason Todd, the Red Hood. Because I like him as the Red Hood. I paid damn good money. You know, to watch yeah, of course, that a lot kid. of us paid good money to have Jason Todd killed. Right. Yeah. Well, my, my I want, your I want dad did. My parents interest. Did. <laughs> Do you know how many times I called that 900 line? <laughs> it's all you. It was your fault. Brian, Brian killed Brian Robin. Brian and Rob Kelly. <laughs> yeah. call, call, call on that number to uh, get Jason Todd killed. I actually like Jason Todd. I, I started buying Batman comics for the first time in a while when, when they first introduced him. You know, trying to jump on the ground floor of the new Robin. See, I didn't, I didn't really get on the Jason Todd. I mean, I got his first appearance in a Robin costume in the crazy, excuse me, crazy quilt issue, but I didn't really start paying attention to him until after the restart. You know, the after crisis you when they had they him boosting. When they made him uh, an actual character, not Dick Grayson too. <laughs> well, yeah, they had him boost the the wheels off the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. And then you know he killed the rapist. With the, you know the guy with diplomatic immunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. He spooked him. He must have slipped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he did have his own personality, but I couldn't stand the personality. I don't uh, know why the hell are we talking about? There's my first swear word. Are we talking about Batman and Robin though? Because yeah, my no, son said Batman was cool. I, I know. I was Bat- party to Bat- that. Batman distraction. is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Batman. And not in these. One of my favorite. Anywhere we might add. But for Halloween, he's dressed up as the Flash. And as Robin and as Nightwing. Uh, but recently, the Predator. Yeah. Ah. But, but uh, I say Flash because he actually likes the Ezra Miller Flash. I think the costume design is amazing. I, I don't get it, but I, I can see why some people would like it. But <laughs> Don't hate. He's young, Scott. Don't judge. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, so with Ryan, were you reading him uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths' bedtime stories when he was growing up? No, no. I, I showed him, of course, the images. You know, on my on my wall right behind us here, we've got that gigantic Alex Ross, George Perez, Crisis on the Infinite Earth poster that is like what is that six feet long, and it's got you know Flash and Johnny Quick and Wally West and everybody running across the front, and Flash ultimately dissolving there at the end. 
Nice. And, you know, it's 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 a really, really nice poster. And he's always asked me about it. And I'm sitting there pointing out different characters over the years. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that I was never actually while I was able to show him all this stuff, he never really wanted to read it so much when I was aware that he was reading. Right. If he was going to read it, he did it in secret. Like like he didn't want me to know he was reading comic books for whatever reason. Mm hmm. So yeah, I, you know, I, I never had a chance to to stoke the flames. I would get him. Well, well, that's the age that you don't want to be like dad. So yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, um, my friend Mike Carlisle uh, gave him a huge box full of uh, books and stuff for him to read, and there was about fifty issues of Nightwing in there, which did help him because he was big on Nightwing. Read all of them. Yeah, and he read all those. But, you know, it's like, again, you know, I never saw him reading them. But I find out later that he did because he knew things. So he he had this weird, no, my dad did it, so I'm not going to let him see I did it kind of thing. Right. Well, as we all had it. <laughs> not really. Well, I mean, you seemed to hide it for me pretty well. I didn't really hide it. I just didn't like being disturbed when I read. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right, so he, he didn't want dad hanging over his shoulder being like, did you get to this part yet? Did you get to this part yet? Because <laughs> that's, that's probably what I would do if I was a dad. That read probably. probably. <laughs> it's completely different with Beth because I sit there and I, I kind of spoon feed her what's going on. And, you know, she tells me, well, she and Tim Elliott both told me I need to record it when I do that and turn that into a podcast. But I just I can't see doing that. Not 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 the way the conversation goes, and that would be a very R-rated pod, uh, podcast because there's a lot of f-bombs going on. <laughs> anyway, all right. So so Chris, which uh, which which of the CW shows are you watching? Oh, Flash, most definitely. But uh, yeah, because he kind of skips out, tunes out Supergirl, and then he and I have watched Legends. Uh, and my mom just kind of she, she'll venture into the room and actually start watching it with us. Yeah, but she then, won't. She won't purposely watch Legends with us. She'll watch it if if she happens to come in the room and we're watching it. Right. But uh, for this, of course, we all watched everything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, one yeah. show that we all watched together though is The Flash. Yeah, from the very okay, beginning. Yeah. That seems to be the one most people uh, have stuck with from day one. People kind of I've seen I've noticed people kind of dip in and out of the others. Lately, he's been binge watching Lucifer. Yeah, I still haven't gotten to Lucifer yet. I love that show so – I've watched the whole series over eight times already. Eight times? Eight times. Eight times. Well, Friends is no longer available on Netflix, so you got to – I watched that like yeah. seven times, but <laughs> then whenever we had um, Christmas break, I would just watch and take in all these TV shows information. And when I saw Lucifer – I was immediately hooked. So he doesn't come out of his room much. Oh, no. He, he watches it everywhere around the house, on a tablet, on a phone, on a laptop, on a desktop, on a TV, where, whatever's available, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll get to. If okay. Beth and I are both working, he's in our bedroom watching it on the big screen that we've got in there, even though there's a nice one in the front living room. And, you know, then you know, otherwise, yeah, but bed from, TV, you know, man, that's, you know, that's this kid is, is incredibly mobile and technologically adept with all this. But he is only technologically adept enough 
to play everything from that. If it breaks, he's just like done. Or <laughs> the charge, <laughs> charge runs out, he'll, he'll set it down to look for something else to use. <laughs> uh, so we haven't gotten to the plugging it in to the wall type of thing. Well, I just forced him into a situation where he had to plug in his phone to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> tiny steps. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get let's get into this, shall we? Sure. All right. So, like I said, this is uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths parts four and five. They aired back to back. Original broadcast date January fourteenth, twenty twenty. It's so weird for me not like saying like nineteen eighty eight or something like that, since I'm always do- talking about old stuff. Mm-hmm. The uh, cast was uh, Stephen Amell as Oliver Queen, Green Arrow the Spectre, Grant Gustin was Barry Allen and the Flash, Katie Lotz as Sarah Lance and White Canary, even though nobody calls her that, Melissa Benoist as Kara Zor-El and Supergirl, Ruby Rose, Kate Kane, Batwoman, Brandon Rouse as Ray Palmer and the Atom, LaMonica Garrett as Mar Novu, the Monitor, LaMonica Garrett as Mobius, Anti-Monitor and the Anti-Monitor. Oh, he was Mobius? He's called yeah. Mobius. He's I, called I, Mobius. I, I never caught that. You can uh, you, you can send your thank you letters to uh, Jeff Johns, ah. who decided he was Mobius. Ah, well, because he need you know you know how he need, how he needs to drag things that are unrelated and make them related. Yep. David Harewood was uh, Jean Jones, the Martian Manhunter, or as I'm going to start calling him now, Martian John, like uh, Martian. like Renee did in uh, part five. Okay. Martian John. <laughs> I'm Martian sorry, John that King. just sounds like a very funny-shaped toilet. <laughs> Martian John. Well, we don't know what indoor plumbing is like on Mars. <laughs> Tyler Hecklin as Clark Kent Superman. Elizabeth Tulock as Lois Lane. Dominic Purcell as McRory Heatwave. John Cryer as Lex Luthor. Jess McCallan as Ava Sharp. Nick Zeno as Nate Hayward. And David Ramsey as John Diggle. Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance. And Osric Chow as Ryan Choi. The first episode... Was Arrow, that had a guest cast of Stephen Lobo as Jim Corrigan, Melanie Murkowski as Zanine Novu, that's the monitor's wife, and Ezra Miller as uh, Barry Allen. Wow. Yeah. I was surprised. I got spoiled an hour before I got to watch it. Someone posted somewhere, and I, I was just looking at the top notifications, and I was like, crap. And Beth is like, what? And I said, nothing. Shut up. Get out of here. Don't <laughs> don't, don't come near me. And I, I was just so Round tight-lipped up. on that until it actually happened. And both her and Christopher just flipped out. Uh, I, I fell on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I definitely had a similar reaction, although I stayed yeah. in my chair somehow. But, yeah, it was. I was glad I wasn't spoiled. I watched it right after they aired, so... Got lucky because I'm sure that would have been on something I read accidentally. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was immediately immediately yeah. after it was there. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't paying too close to the credits when I watched because otherwise I would have noticed uh, the writer was Mark Wolfman and uh, Mark Guggenheim. Yeah. Oh. I think, wow. this, I think this is the only part that Wolfman wrote or was involved in the writing of. Now, did he show up in this one or the second one? The second one. Second one. I was wondering if, if after we got that, if we're going to get a Wendy and a Wonder Dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> and director was uh, Glenn Winter. And here, here is our quick Wikipedia synopsis. Flashback to the planet Maltus 10,000 years ago shows a young Mar Novu experimenting with time travel to witness the birth of the universe, as one does, only to accidentally end up in the antimatter universe and reveal the multiverse's existence to the antimonitor. In the months since the universe was destroyed, the Paragons have struggled to survive. Once Corrigan teaches them how to use the Spectre's powers, 
Oliver heads to the vanishing point to rescue the Paragons and strengthen Barry's powers. Oliver? Yes and no. It's complicated. Nice outfit. Barry, Seth. Oliver. I am Oliver Queen. But I'm also something more. More what? Some might call me a ghost. A specter. That's in tune with the entire multiverse. So there's still a multiverse out there? No, it's gone. Replaced with its antithesis. An antimatter universe. Which we need to prevent from happening. Right now the anti-monitor is at the dawn of time. Fighting to make permanent as destruction of worlds. And we go there. He's extremely powerful. The eight of us might not be enough. We need a backup plan. You have our attention. Several millennia ago on a planet named Maltus, Marnovu attempted to travel to the birth of the universe, but instead opened a breach to the antimatter universe. So the Monitor gave us the anti-monitor. Correct. So while some of us fight at the dawn of time, Others must go to Maltus. And prevent Novu from freeing his doppelganger? I'm in. Travel to an alien world? So in. Same. Come on. You know you don't want to risk letting me out of your sight for even a millisecond. We can get to both through the Speed Force, but I can't get into the Speed Force right now. It's probably because there's no multiverse left. But you said you're in tune with the multiverse. Does that include the Speed Force? What you're asking me is very dangerous, Barry. But possible. You could give me the energy boost I need. Please. We have to do this. Everyone's lives depend on it. I've unlocked your potential, Barry. Touching my head. Use this power with caution. Do you trust me? Are you Oliver Queen? Yes. Then I trust you with every cell in my body. Good. Now run, Mary. Run. With increased speed, Barry drops off Kara, Choi, and Lex on Maltus, but gets attacked by the Antimonitor, losing everyone else across the Speed Force. Damn it, Barry. This, despite an... An expected double cross from Lex, Kara and Choi convinced Novu to not go through with his plans. Marnovu, do not trust this man with anything. Give him a knife for his food, and no matter how much he thanks you for the dinner, he'll stab you right in the back with it. Or the front. I'm not choosing. Last time you caught me by surprise. That's not going to happen again. Get Novu out of here. Come with me, sir. Please. Zaleen! Listen to me. Whatever you do, you can't open that portal. The hairless one warned me. No, this isn't a warning kind of situation. This is a don't do it at any cost kind of situation. It is my life's work. Trillions of other people's lives, an infinite number, will be lost if you go through with it. It's not worth it. You just show up here as if by magic and demand belief. The fact I'm here at all should be enough to convince you. You are a remarkable individual. Funny. 
new friend of mine just told me I'm special. I didn't believe her until now. Once Barry retrieves everyone, they arrive at the dawn of time only to learn the Anti-Monitor will always learn of the multiverse's existence. Where are we? The Anti-Matter Universe. At the dawn of time. We arrived and it was already here. The Anti-Monitor. That's impossible. I got through to him. I know I did. Some fates are inescapable. You spoke to one man across countless universes. But within the tapestry of the multiverse, there will always be one more Nobu who cannot turn from his towering ambition. And in that inevitability, there is destiny. Welcome to mine. Paragons battle the Anti-Monitor and his Shadow Demons until Oliver uses the Spectre's power to vomit uh, blue light into the sky <laughs> to restore the multiverse. Which is really what that looked like. With, uh, with, yeah. with the I Paragon. saw it come out of his eyes. It made me think of the fish element. Yeah. It probably did come out of his eyes, but just the way that he shot it. With uh, the Paragons providing initial, additional assistance by focusing via Lex's uh, Book of Destiny page. As a result, however... Oliver dies a second time in Barry and Sarah's arms. Oliver. <coughs> I, I need both of you to watch over my family. Hey, Ollie, they're going to be fine, all right? You're going to be fine. You did it. You all did. You all did it. What, what did we do? Just look. We saw, but what is it? It's a new universe. It's kind of small for a universe. Wait for it, Barry. It's almost time. Almost time. There. You did it. No, Ollie. You did it, okay? And that's why you gotta come back with us. So we need you to hang on, okay? Sarah, this is just what the monitor said would happen. <coughs> It's an end. And it's a beginning. You remember what I told you? Dying is the easy part. I'm at peace. The real heroes. They're the ones who have to keep going. So keep going. Don't ever stop. This world, this new world, it needs both of you.
Krista, what did we think of this part? Uh, Big oof. It was, yeah, it was neat. I mean, I was cool seeing them go back to the, you know, the origins of the monitor and stuff. But they they purposely changed it, you know, because always in. Uh, yeah, I don't remember much about him from from the comic run. Well, what I mean is that always up until the the mid nineties, the beginning of the universe was always that cloud, the galactic cloud, and the hand. Right, and the hand was Krona, wasn't it? Well, Krona yeah, well, the hand. Yeah, the hand was was Krona, and uh, John Byrne changed it with Ganthet's tail. In uh, the late '90s, and I, I hated that because to me that was that was that bridge between you know crisis and uh, you know everything that came afterwards. Right. It, it seemed like here they kind of combined uh, the monitor with Krona a little bit. Well, wasn't Krona yeah. the one always obsessed with looking into the dawn of time to see where the universe came from? Yes. And you know, just the monitor and the anti-monitor were born from you know the beginning because there was always. Before there was the multiverse, there was always the matter universe and the antimatter universe. And so they, they just made it where, you know, uh, Mar, you know, doing what he did, creating the, the multiverse and changing everything. I, I, I just didn't, you know, like the way they represented the beginning of, of everything, you know, the beginning of the universe. I, I, I always prefer the hand, but the, I think that they didn't want to give the the viewers the idea that there was a, an intelligent hand. Right, yeah, a little right. too. Yeah. Might be no, a little too much. No intelligent design, yeah. We'll yeah. go we'll call it from there. Or nothing, at least as you know, over the top as a giant godlike hand, because that's a little hokey even for comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that costume... What, 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 oh, what? The uh, monitor? monitors. The monitors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's the style at the dawn of time, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's but, uh, funny because you, you know, protect he... the neck. You know, that's <laughs> the important part for time vampires or something. I don't know. But he said he looked ridiculous, <laughs> and isn't that what he was told the very first time he showed up? On, I think it was Arrow where he showed was up it? initially. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been. I don't remember. Uh, that was the first thing some that, that they said to him because I, I was trying to watch those leading up to this, just you know, in interest of the crisis. I've, I've I've never been you know a big fan of the Arrow show. It's just not, it doesn't play the same to me as the others do. Well, an, an eight season, uh, an eight season show peaked in season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would have uh, liked. Uh, Oliver's Spectre costume to be a little more over the top and comic like, and you know, what, you, just... what you want, you wanted to see uh, Stephen Amell in in trunks, uh, booties, and a long cloak, and nothing else. Yeah, why not? You know, or just a little, a little whiter in the face. I don't know. I know, I know, we got to show Stephen Amell's pretty face, but you know, just maybe a little go, more white, a little was... more unearthly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought when he first showed, pretty white I, already. I thought when they when he first showed up, they. They did a pretty. They did pretty good with that. When when he yeah. showed up at the uh, at the vanishing point, he looked a little uh, a little palish. But yeah. uh, as soon as he left there, he was back to his uh, normal uh, normal complexion. And, and I, I know it's kind of how it went down in the comics, and then you know how you have to, when two godlike beings battle, like the Spectre and Anti Monitor. You know, pretty much all you can really do is just have them hold hands and look go. Yeah, you know, well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. Well, Stephen Amell does that face very well. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. It's a practice at this point. So. But once again, <laughs> it looked like everybody else was fighting Dementors. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's kind of the design the they went with. Yeah, 
Definitely too many Dementors again. But. I did like the design, though. I, I did like the way they looked when they showed them one by themselves. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Well, this was the first time we got a good look at them, right? We didn't really <laughs> get a good look at them in the first part when they showed up. Yeah. yeah I think. So, Chris, what'd you think? Um, well, as my dad said, I thought they looked like the mentors too from Harry Potter, but I still thought they were cool, didn't you? Yeah, I thought they were cool, creepy. Um, I could definitely see them in like an Annabelle movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I've been trying to get my dad to watch, but he will never do it. I'm, yeah, just, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, we, the whole I know you have to do it for these big superhero team fights, but. You know the the whole hordes and hordes of CGI critters, disposable villains, is a yeah. little, little overdone. That the hero's not actually killing someone, right? right. Was, well, we we got to the end and it was basically CGI soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the the thing is though is that it was at least consistent to what they did in the comics because they did have those shadow demons or whatever you want to call yeah. them, right? You know, attacking in in most of the crisis books. And the, the only thing was that in the books, they were much more powerful and they could kill you just by practically touching you. Because if you remember, they killed Hawk, they killed, no, they killed Dove, excuse me. And uh, they caused the death of the Earth 2 Dick Grayson and Cole and a bunch of others. And you know, all those that were really, you know, when I was reading it, those were really like violent deaths. Right. And we were spared most deaths except for Ollie. Twice, but I yeah, think well. that I think the way they did that was kind of a disservice. I don't think they should have killed him the first time. Right. I think they they should have. Well, how could he die the him. second time? He was already dead. He was yeah. already the specter. I mean, I mean, the specter, the specter isn't out there somewhere. The, the specter was, is bound to a spirit. Right. So right. Shouldn't Ollie have already been dead? So how can he die again? I thought that. Yeah, that was a little confusing because I thought that was the whole point that you know they, could, they couldn't bring him back from. That's true. They couldn't bring him back from purgatory because he'd already went on and become the specter. So. I do like the way they made the speed force kind of that that anchor for everyone to use. Yeah, and it was similar enough to like you know Barry's final sacrifice in the books. There, you know that I mean at least he was an integral part of things. Well, you know, the way they handled (laughs) it was funny because um, before Crisis, as they were leading up to it, they showed one segment where Barry himself was doing the running and disintegrating. And I thought, okay, that's what we're going to get in the show. And then somehow he's going to come back. But when they, of course, when they ultimately did it and it was the, you know, John Wesley ship version that did it. His dissolution was not quite as ornate as Barry's was. It, yeah. didn't look, it didn't look like I expected it to. Right. And and but uh, I mean, still, uh, again, you know, I was geeking out on all that, and that that was probably the the one episode I think that really got everybody's emotions going. Whereas the, oh, these part three, these were just like spinning the wheel to get to the end. They, yeah. they felt more like spinning the wheel to get to the end. Um, but even, even with the surprises and such, it was uh, just waiting to see how they did end it. And were we going to get uh, a Lord of the Rings multiple ending kind of thing? We kind of did a little bit. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. That is one of the only times in any movie or TV show I've ever cried. Oh, the the Flash thing. Yeah, the yeah. Flash. Does this mean you're lying to me all the other times? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you said, let me be honest with you. 
Yes. Okay, he's lying to me all the time. All the time, guys. You can't. Of course he is. Yeah. Well, he's almost a teenager. What's he going to become a teenager? Yeah. He's going to be. He's not going to be a teenager for another three and a half hours. Okay. He'll be a teenager when this comes out. Yes. <laughs> but I got three and a half hours of him being a twelve-year-old. <laughs> a big boy, twelve-year-old. He's almost as tall as me. <laughs> Cripes. That happens. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, but he's only eating pizza. How is this possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When I eat pizza now, I just grow sideways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same growth hormones, just different direction. Mm. Who knows? Maybe now, there was one thing, though, that kind of fell flat for me, and that was when they were stuck at the vanishing point, and you had that scene where Supergirl's carrying... The was it the cape or the costume? Yeah, that was oh, yeah. cool though. I it's mean, Superman. It, it was I supposed to emulate the. Uh... It was supposed to emulate that cover where Superman's right. holding Supergirl, yeah. but it, just the way because of the costume was flat and everything, it, it fell flat. I mean, I don't know. Okay, see, you really expected Melissa Benoist to hold Brandon Ralph like that? They got yeah. wires there. They've been using wires all along. Just, <laughs> I mean, they they make her lift a lot of heavy stuff. But again, you know, Brandon Routh was gone, uh, and then we had Lex doing all that stuff. And I thought, I thought the the writing on Lex's movements were kind of interesting. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like yeah. this his arc in this a lot because he, he didn't just make himself, you know, all these things. He gave himself some power, and I thought that was that was rather interesting. I just, it'll, it'll be interesting to see all what he does have moving forward on Supergirl. So it's actually got me more interested in watching. Uh, Supergirl more intently. Same here. Well, I I think they needed to re, re reposition Lex because especially now with the Superman show coming, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't imagine he's not going to be there. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you would think he would have to be, but but yeah, he seems to be like he's like Supergirl's main villain now, right? I mean, it's not well, clear. They, they well, made I think Superman. I think for now, but I'm sure he'll harass Superman when that show starts next. Yeah, yeah. they made Superman the second string to Supergirl. They've said in every way that they could that she's a she's greater than he is, that she is the the central point through which all the others gravitate. Whereas in Crisis, he was that you know he and the Golden Age Superman were the central points everybody gravitated around. Yeah. So yeah, you know, he I mean, doesn't have his own show yet. When he when the new show starts, it'll be interesting to see, especially it depending upon how it does in the ratings, and that that all just depends on how the whole you know kids thing um, goes over on that. Yeah, how they're going to say that. I'm, I'm a big fan of that choice. <laughs> we'll say we'll save that for later. Yeah, <laughs> because the the writers had a brain fart late late in that episode. Yeah, I actually have a thought about that. Uh, All right. But about why they've they've done that is because our writers today, all up and down the line, can't seem to find a reason for people to be good just for the sake of being good. They have to have some reason, like, you know, Spider-Man with Uncle Ben and all that. Well, now he's got kids. He's got to be an example, you know. She should actually stay at home and not be Superman and be, you know. Good dad. <laughs> but, yeah, well, there was that. Yeah, we'll go into that later. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I never thought I'd hear an alien reference come out of Lex Luthor's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that was or funny. Predator. We are on an alien world. Any number of chestbusters or predators could be lying in wait. Don't you capes ever watch a movie? No, wait, yeah, wait. They almost wrote him too funny. I mean, I, I love how, what he's doing with the part. Yeah. Well, John Cryer pulls it off, though. 
He's I, still just John Cryer, though, because my girlfriend was uh, sitting in the other room while I was watching him, and, you know, she's like, is that John Cryer I'm hearing? I'm like, yeah. That's, at least yeah, she didn't that, say, is that Ducky? That's Ducky himself, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I told her, of course, I don't think she knew. I'm like, yeah, actually, he, he played Lex's uh, nephew in a Superman movie, fun fact. And she just gave me that look like, you're such a freaking nerd. That's no, not a fun fact. That's a sad fact. It is. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's meta, man. Well, uh, I don't think. I think we probably wouldn't have him as Lex Luthor if he hadn't done that in the first place. No, it, we would not. Yeah, would it not. definitely is in. But but he's still he's kind of playing. What was it, Lenny in that movie that he was? Yeah. Lenny Lenny Luthor. Yeah, Lenny he's, Luthor. Yeah. I just think as an actor, he maybe should have just gone with a different physicality or different voice. For Luther than just playing Ducky and Lenny, but no, nah, it's clear he's he's hamming it up. There's no question. yeah, yeah, which works in in the it context works. of it, this. It does. Stuff. It works. But you can't. But, I, mean, how... I kind of like to see a serious, you know, supervillain Lex too occasionally. Uh, well, I kind of <laughs> he he pulls that. I think he acts like that. That's part of. Act more like Jeff the Bezos. The That's part of his uh, smartest man in the room shtick. I think. Yeah. Yeah, do you notice how Ryan Troy was calling him Mr. Luther? I, I, it was almost Mr. Luthor. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> Mr. Luthor. Yeah, yeah, you should have given us at least one of those. <laughs> I did like though. Uh, who are we sending them through to test us? Well, no one good. Yeah, go Lex. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and the moment Lex got up there, I'm like, okay, he already knows it's going to work because yeah. there's no way you would have gotten him up there if he didn't know. No, he was already <laughs> scheming. Yep. Oh, of course. He's always <laughs> Hmm. And I, I enjoyed him messing with Supergirl. Yeah. Come on. Ask me what I'm up to. <laughs> He's got great chemistry with all the cast. No he does. About it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it works for me. And just, I think, that I have a different version of Lex in my head sometimes. So. You know, in the comics, he's now what they call Apex Lex. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't and to me, <laughs> I just, what I, what I want to see is Apex Lex. Oh, there you go. That I don't know work, if they have the yeah. budget for that. Yeah. I just find it funny. I mean, come on. We got King Shark, all right? We can do this. We, we've had Grodd. We can do this. They, they definitely didn't skimp on the effects budgets for any of these. So you got to hand it to them there. And, and you know, just to call in the, the new Flash costume and Ezra Miller had to cost somebody some money somewhere. Um, I read an article actually that they that it almost didn't happen that they were already pretty much wrapped. So some no, other they, they they were wrapped. Yeah, so some yeah. other scene got sacrificed at the the altar of Ezra Miller, and I'm wondering what it was. But well, yeah. it was one of the top guys at Warner Brothers that wanted Ezra Miller in Warner, there. And I, Warner Brothers. I, well, I don't know. I don't know because it was. I, I read an interview. I don't know if it was Guggenheim or Berlanti. Guggenheim was doing most of the press, so it's probably him. He said he got a call from Peter Roth, who is. The head of Warner TV. Mm-hmm. So my wonder is, did Roth get a call from somebody else, somebody on the movie side, seeing if they could get Ezra Miller in there? I wonder if Ezra Miller went to him and said, I'd really like to do this, or if they just said that his movie needs press. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think that was part of it. I think part, maybe the movie division kind of wanted to uh, <laughs> say that, you know, his movie is still out there. And I didn't get a good enough look at it. Was that the actual costume he wore in Justice League? Yes, yes, it was. I think was. it was pretty close, yeah. He even yeah, had the um, neck piece on the back. Oh, okay. And I did find it interesting that he had not picked the name The Flash yet. Well, no, if you if you pay attention to Justice League, nobody ever calls him The Flash. Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. 
So that was, yeah, very... All right, so what did we, th- what did we think of that moment? What the- um, hello? <laughs> what the hell is this? I'm asking myself the same question. Literally. No, this, this can't be happening. This, you sh- What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you that when you tell me where here is. Is this cosplay? Oh, do you want a selfie, bro? No, no, I'm, not, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, we're not, no. I'm also the Flash. You're also the what? The Flash? The Flash? The Flash. It's complicated. I like your outfit. It seems and comfy. Yours is pretty cool. Smooth. Seems safe. It's and breathable. I'm Barry Allen. No! What? what does that mean? How can this... This should be impossible now. It should be impossible now? You don't know about the... Oh my god, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what. Are you okay? I told Victor this was possible. Loved it. Well, um, I, I, I immediately. Go ahead, Scott. No, go ahead, Chris. No, let Chris go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, whenever I heard that, I immediately went to. Um, he fell off the bed. Fell off the bed. <laughs> so, um, but my head went to this um, article I read that they're making the Flash movie, and it was coming out this year. I don't think it'll be out this year. I didn't uh, think it was going to be out this year. 21 or 22, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But Ezra Miller's writing it, or he's he's got a hand in writing it. He's involved. Yeah. He's definitely got a hand in it. And see, now I have to look to see who is going to be directing that. I, there is a director. I, did. I believe it's the guy that just did the It movies, which gives me some hope. I may be wrong about that. Oh. I think it's... Um, Andy Muschietti or something is maybe. I think, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yep, the Flash, 2022. 2022, yeah, and it's uh, yep, Andy Muschietti. Yeah. Now, now, what did you guys think of Christopher's uh, catch in the previous episodes with the turtle? With Maturin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I did. I, it was a good catch because I didn't catch it. I rewatched it and, and, and caught it, and, and it was on a couple websites as an Easter egg too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, didn't catch it when I was watching yeah. it. So yeah, that I that's weird synchronicity, if if nothing else. That you know, because I'm sure they had no thought of doing this crossover. Oh, maybe they did, because who knows what? how long ago these wrapped. But um, which which uh, which crossover? Well, with, the, the uh, Ezra Miller, and then because Andrew Machete just did the the It movies. The guy who was doing the, uh, the I haven't seen the second one. I saw the first. One. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, second one's but messed up. Very, you know, as it should be. But um, but yeah, apparently this came from. Well, the, the head TV guy called Guggenheim, asked him, can we get him in? And I thought it was cool that at least Guggenheim checked with Grant Gustin first. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, this is his world, man. He's, he's built this character, is. and he deserves to, to have a say in that, in my opinion. And it, was, it was really cool. You know, we can all say what we want about the Snyder films. I've never – one complaint I've never made about Zack Snyder was his casting. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I – despite the, the problems with Justice League, I re- – I liked Ezra Miller as the Flash. Oh, I did too. Yeah, he was one of my favorite parts of very few favorite parts. But yeah, and it was uh, it was really it was a really cool moment. Yeah, and I, and I liked them admiring each other's costumes. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's like that looks really comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that looks very. He's like, no, it kind of falls in areas or something, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I would still no. almost take a money bet that the Flash movie would never happen. But I mean, like, well, before this, at least, I would have bet any amount of money that it would never happen, as many problems as it's had. Um, but yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's a good call for them to go forward with this or not. But hey, looks like yeah, it's probably for- happening. Of course, now I've got ideas in my head, and I really want to see a, a Flash of Two Worlds movie with Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller. <laughs> well, I know, or, you know, Jesus, I mean, if they're going to do, like, a Flashpoint thing, why not grab a random hero from from the, you know, TV universe to throw in there for a cameo or two? Well, I, see, and I oh, think actually, it, what, I, what I've heard people saying is maybe in the Flash movie, have Ezra Miller's point of view of this. Right. Well, I, I think while they're calling it a Flash movie, it's going to be a lot like Civil War. You're going to have guest stars galore. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, I, I, I think it's that's how they're going to kind of reconcile. Uh... It's being written by the same gal that, that wrote the new Birds of Prey movie. She also wrote uh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Hmm. And she's, oh, I liked I liked Bumblebee. I'm not so sure about this Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. Yeah, and she's writing a Batgirl movie, but they haven't got a date announced on that. I don't know if that one's happening. Uh, Joss Whedon was attached. DC to doesn't while. make announcements. DC makes a wish list. Pretty much, yeah. They, <laughs> they, they put a bunch of stuff on a wall and throw a dart. And see, like, what, see which one gets made. One. Yeah. So, um, you know, we got the the fake out death of the monitor, where, where you know that like what they did with the monitor and the anti monitor fighting, and and um, I'm sorry, not uh, I mean the Spectre and anti monitor fighting. It looks like they beat them, and then. We get the end point where he starts growing, just like in the comic. Well, that's the next episode, isn't it? Oh, that's the next episode. Yeah, right. I need to shut up. <laughs> this is why you. They all this. kind of blend together. I watched. Oh, I, I, yeah, they do, row. especially since they were all, both on on the same night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I did get my wish for the Spectre, though. He did yell. You have this universe. Yeah, yeah. You know what Ollie was always saying about the city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This city, right before I did like how Novu referred to Lex as the hairless one. Yeah. <laughs> and the brave and the bald. I mean, it's like that you're was, the one who talks. <laughs> yeah. And well, you well, you know, how do you tell someone is younger? You cut their hair. That was the only difference. He didn't have his mutton chops. Yeah. That's how we know he's thousands of years younger. <laughs> oh man. Anyone else the, get a Rocky Two vibe when uh, with the Spectre and the uh, the the Anti Monitor and they both fell at the same time too? It was almost like the, the oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I, I again, I was sitting there trying to see, you know, trying to catch imagery that that you know. I actually had the book there with me on trade paperback, and I'm just sitting there kind of looking at different stuff. I really wanted to see, you know, Superman and them bouncing off of them, you know. Or the sequence where all the, all their beams and everything's were converging. I'd still would like to have seen like all the the magical beings sitting there around, you know, sitting, you know, around the the, the lantern. But and uh, the game's catering budget. Yeah, remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I That's the thing, you know. I, I, it is kind of even though they did well with it, it's kind of uh, I'm kind of bummed they did this on TV because now we now we're not gonna never gonna get this in a movie. Oh. Where they could do it with a budget, but they never. Warner Brothers would fall over itself to not get to this. So, uh. and who was waiting? Who else was waiting for them to hold hands when it was time to focus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we do? We focus. <laughs> that was um, Mystery Men, right? What do we do? 
Oh, no, it was group huddle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they, no, they did. They just stood there and focused, and uh, they would they fan the flame. I just, you know, it's it's funny because you know, ride the wave and fan the flame is the uh, what motto of the uh, Fire and Water Network. Yeah, that's their sign off call. I was thinking of that when the, whenever I hear fan the flame, I think of them now. <laughs> exactly. But they, I mean, you know, it's it is funny. It, it, he he was the spark, and he told them to fan the flame, and and really. Oliver and the Green Arrow, he was the spark of the, the TV DCU, and all the others oh, yeah, have been it, fanning the flame ever since. That is true. It is very fitting. It is fitting. And uh, I think uh, from, from now on, Oliver Queen can be the official space Jesus of the DCU. I, they should. <laughs> you know, why not bring him back occasionally when you're, you know, when you're going to do something more mystical related, you know. Um, I'm sure Stephen M. Mal wouldn't wouldn't mind cashing that paycheck occasionally. You know, as as much as we talk about uh, Richard Donner making Superman into Space Jesus, <laughs> Ollie is ta- Oliver Queen is taking this to a different level. Yeah. He actually looked like Jesus too. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Mr. Amell had kind of like a freak out during one of his uh, interviews. Yeah, it was on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's. Really? And was that about not having the role anymore, not having any work anymore, or what was that about? So. I didn't hear about that. Mm. I I read about it today. He had some kind of a uh, you know, anxiety attack or panic attack on a Rosenbaum's podcast. Huh. And yeah, I think part of it was maybe about not half. I mean, you know, he had that it, paycheck it, it for the like, last you know, eight years. Yeah. If it ended after season seven, he would have been happy with it. Yeah. But he he called doing season eight as fiscally responsible. Mm. I, I guess he needed the money. Yeah. Well, that you know that role in. Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 didn't really launch his film career. <laughs> so. No, it did not. No. He might have, might, could have made maybe a better choice for his first big movie role. <laughs> well, mm. It wasn't his fault. No, oh no, not at all. But <laughs> it, it also bad movies also don't get you a lot of callbacks, no matter whose fault no, they, they are. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure we'll see, I'm pretty sure we'll see him again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so. He's a great actor. He, yeah. He's gone from a mediocre actor to a really good actor in eight years, you know, on, on a show, which you can do because you're constantly honing your craft. So, yeah, hopefully we see him in something. Well, the first season was really easy. Be angry, kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that, that's part of why I lost interest is because he was killing people. <laughs> and then second season he wasn't. And then uh, then third season he started becoming fake Batman. Yeah, he goes back and forth more than Carol and Morgan on the Walking Dead shows, but uh, <laughs> yeah. quite as much. I uh, see. So we should probably do a synopsis for the second one, I guess. Yeah, I was just think I don't think we. I, I'm not sure we have uh, anything left on. Uh, no. On this part, do we? Do you have anything else part. you want to say about the first part? No. He's shaking his head. All right. That usually the- denotes the end of the interview. Yes. This, this yeah, is. Don't do that. Part five was the most was the most fun part, anyway. So now I'm going to take a quick break, play a podcast promo. Love him or hate him, everybody's got something to say about John Byrne. He ruined the X-Men when he left. That John Byrne, he's a sexist pig. The only thing bigger than John Byrne's ego is... Oh wait, there isn't anything bigger than John Byrne's ego. John Byrne? Oh, he, he just draws the greatest butt on Superman. It looks so good. John Byrne is the greatest artist I've ever seen. Wait, who is he? 
John Byrne's 1986 Man of Steel series gave us the core reimagining of Superman that is still with us today. Third Degree Burn, a podcast about all things John Byrne. The good, the bad, and the legendary. Join Tim Elliott and Brian Hughes as they look over the nearly five decades body of work of one of the most influential comic book creators in the last 50 years. Third Degree Burn can be found at twotruefreaks.com and on iTunes. I've got a question, though. I'm just am curious. Why? Doesn't Green Lantern have any junk? Welcome back, folks. And this was an episode of, of Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The guest, the guest cast here was Chris Williams as Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning. Yeah. Raina Hardesty as Josh Jackham, the Weather Witch. Eileen Petal as the President. Some guy named Marv Wolfman as the Autograph Seeker. <laughs> Have you guys heard of him? I have <laughs> seen his work. <laughs> I heard the name Marv, and I was like, oh, no. And it, I mean, I realized it was Marv Wolfman, but I right. just started thinking well, about let's, Marv. Hang on, let, let, let's, let's get to that. Okay. Raul Herrera as Sargon the Sorcerer. Benjamin Diskin as the voice of Bebo. <laughs> and then some of our cameos at the end. Breck Bassinger as Courtney Whitmore, Stargirl. Derek Mears as Swamp Thing. Tegan Croft as Rachel Roth. Curran Walters as Jason Todd. Robin. Alan Richardson as Hank Hall and the Hawk. Mika Kelly as Dawn Granger, Dove. Anna Diop as Starfire. April Bulby as Rita Farr. Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane. Joyvin Wade as Cyborg. Riley Shanahan as Cliff Steele. And Matthew Zuck as uh, Larry Trainer. This episode was written by, oh my god, I'm going to screw these names up. Kido Simizu and Uba Muhammad. Director was Gregory Smith. And uh, our synopsis is uh, Wikipedia again. Waking up in the newly recreated universe, the Paragons discover they are the only ones who remember the crisis, and that both Earth-38 and Jefferson's Earth have been merged with Earth-1 into a composite universe later designated as Earth-Prime, among other changes throughout the multiverse. While Jean uses his psionic powers to uh, download his memories into everybody else, Sarah attempts to find Oliver, though without success. Later that night, the Paragons are attacked by Shadow Demons. Upon finding a restored and remorseful Nash, he discovers that the Anti-Monitor is still alive and plotting to renew his destruction of the multiverse. To stop him once and for all, Nash, Ray, Barry, and Choi work to develop a bomb capable of shrinking the Anti-Monitor for eternity, while the other heroes distract him. Once it's finished, Kara uses it on the Anti-Monitor and sends him to the Microverse. Sometime later, Barry, Kara, Sarah, Kate, Clark, John, and Jefferson hold a memorial service for Oliver before agreeing to come together as a League of Heroes to protect their world in Oliver's memory. Then the Infinitude found release. And finally, the darkness broke. Filling it with life. With the multiverse. Every existence multiplied by possibility. 
and spread out before space and time in infinite measure. Civilizations rose and fell and rose again across reality's grasping expanse. Life, a precious gift, persevering in the face of every obstacle. Until, finally, the Age of Heroes was born. Saving us, Oliver. The world has hope again. I have hope again. We'll never forget you. Thanks for believing in me, even when I didn't. You had this way of bringing out the very best in all of us. I'm gonna miss you, man. Lost a lot of people that I love. But I never imagined my life without you in it. You're always there for me. And now... All of you changed my fate for the better. Thank you. Why'd you choose a condemned building? What? No, this is not a condemned building. No, listen, this is an old Star Labs research facility that nobody uses. And what's even better, no one knows it exists. Good for you. No, good for us. I figure we could all use this to gather if anything ever happens again. It's a great idea, Barry. Thanks, Superman. It's a better option than you all dropping by the DEO. Why do we even need it? I mean, how often does the world almost come to an end? <laughs> Always like that. Don't worry, I was a new kid last year. All right, listen, I haven't even showed you guys the best part yet. You ready? All right, so what do we think of this one? 
Uh, let me start off by saying that there was some uh, mildly poor writing in some aspects of this. And I, I know mildly, it probably went to mildly. budget restrictions. <laughs> it's also it's also written by Legends of Tomorrow writers. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> which to me is the weakest uh, of the shows. Yeah, I mean, it's got its own niche crowd. I mean, it, it's got a pretty good crowd, but they don't watch any of the other shows. They've overdone the bebop thing yeah, like, but, forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the the one thing that, that stuck out to me, like Chewbacca not hugging Leia after Han died, was Barry not having any interest in, in going to see Iris after he finds out she's alive and well. Right. Well, to be yeah. honest, I have no interest in seeing Iris either. I kind of like. I, I wasn't sure at the end of it whether she even existed anymore. Because, but, but you know out. what? I I wonder though if you know if something comes down from the producers and these characters are not available. Right. Because I mean, these things aren't filmed in a vacuum. Well, there was a lot of Legends characters that were just ignored. I mean, you we we saw what four total Legends characters. Wasn't that the running joke? We didn't get asked to the crossover right. again or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. They beat that dead horse a little much, too. Oh, yeah, they, they was far too much. We can get the crossover in all five Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing, you know, it's one of those things, though. You know, this these, this crossover is not filmed in a vacuum. For every day someone like Grant Gustin spends filming part five here, he's not filming his own show. Right. So I'm assuming while they're filming this, because Cisco was noticeably absent as well, mm-hmm. they're probably off doing doing the regular show. Yeah. So it could be possible they came down, you know, from Guggenheim or Belanti. These are the characters you have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but there, you know, it's not, it's not like a comic not, not even to mention. I yeah. need to go to Central City and make love to my wife for a, a, a minute. I'll flash it, but, you know, something. Yeah, but, you know, just, but how do we know he didn't already do flash that? flash it until you get to her, man. Oops, right. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> how do we know he didn't already do that before he came to uh, National City? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, again, it was kind of like the cell phone still working after five years on uh, Endgame. Oh, just give yeah. me like a picture of, you know, stock footage of Iris smiling at the camera or something. And right. there it is. Okay, she's okay. But then they'd have to pay her X dollars for. Right, yeah, they, uh, they have to pay her. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's con- this contracts and things that are involved that you don't run into when you're. But they, did, they yeah. didn't mention anyone. You know, it, it, it was just like it was a complete vacuum, and that's the the part that just kind of you know rubbed yeah. me the wrong way about that. Yeah. That being and I, said, I imagine I the arrow the arrow characters were the most available because their show was wrapped, right. uh-huh. and they really seemed to be more focused on putting a a bow on arrow than uh, anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, there's one there's, there's one thing that is disappointing, but because they didn't have two versions of one character, they couldn't do this. I really wanted to see the like, the whole Uncle something like the Uncle Clark thing from the original Crisis, where the Earth Two Superman wants to visit the Perry White's office because he thinks it's his office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like that. I mean, we almost got that kind of because we started. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I uh, I'm speaking too fast because that was actually from the new episodes of shows that have come up since then. Oh, okay. And there's some some interesting surprises in the follow up of all that, but I. I you know, don't want to speak too soon because someone may not have watched that show. Yeah, no, I've, I've, only, I've only watched Supergirl and Batwoman so. But far. you know, it's like I also wanted to see them. You know, since they brought in Tom Welling and Erica Durant's the last, you know, one of the previous episodes, I wanted them to bring in Justin Hartley as a Green Arrow too. Yeah. But I guess he's getting paid too much to slum down to one of these shows now. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Well, he's on the biggest show on TV. He's on This Is Us. 
Ah, okay. Wasn't he? Didn't wasn't he the Aquaman pilot they did too? Yeah, he also did yeah. the Aquaman pilot, so they could have done that as well. That would have been kind of neat. Yeah. But once again, you know, we don't know what he's, you know, what he's like. I mean, he seems like a pretty, pretty cool guy. He even does conventions and all that, but no idea. Yeah, but the, yeah, but there's there's logistics involved as well. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, which is why we only got Marv Wolfman. Right, and uh, apparently there was they they had a bigger plan with Michael Rosenbaum. They just couldn't, you know, they just wouldn't offer him any money. Well, I mean, how much money do they have? True. You know, I'm imagining we're going to get some. Uh, Pretty uh, lazy shows to make up for this, and uh, across the board. Well, just bottle episodes. Yeah. Not to be confused with the bottle episode, which was the next episode of Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, oh really? It, it kind yeah, of was. The bottle <laughs> was, but it was a little on the nose. All right, so shade to gray. You know, they, they keep. I've noticed that they're really pushing uh, Kate and Kara as kind of uh, the female world's finest. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I want to see more of Kara and Barry together. Oh yeah, I mean, if they're sharing the universe now, they were always great together, and and all right. the earlier, you know, cross. Oh, you, you said it. They they <coughs> they put them together as the Justice League there at the end, and they even gave us that the freaking monkey. Yeah, yeah, you know. And <laughs> can I have some? I mean, look at look how happy they were when they realized they were on the same Earth now. Right. What was that? Yeah. Can I get some context on Gleek? Sounds like we need to call pest control. What was that? Gleek was the super monkey with the Wonder Twins and the Super Friends back in the 80s. So you had Zan and Jaina, the Super Twins. They touch their hands. Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins powers activate. Oh, your um, father hasn't made you watch those yet, Chris? I made them available to you're him. You're a lucky lad, yeah. Yeah, I, I made them available to him. He just chose not to watch them. <laughs> There's only one thing worse than the Wonder Twins and uh, Gleek. What's that? When they Marvin, Marvin and Wonder Yeah, Dog. yeah. <laughs> and I, I was afraid that we were getting that there when Marv Wolfman showed up. <laughs> All right, so, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk Marv Wolfman showing up. Look, who came to join the fun? I'm sorry. Who are you? Weather Witch. And you are no match for my wrath. Uh, I'm not so great a day, which is actually your bad luck. Sorry. She's one of mine. Well, what's she doing on my earth? What? Wait, wait, what are you doing on my earth? What is your earth? This, this is my earth. I thought. I thought. Supergirl, Flash, I just love it when you guys team up. Would would you sign this for me, please? Okay. Oh, sure. Um. Wait, you know both of us? And it's normal to see us together? Well, normally you'd also have Green Arrow and a legend or two. Last year, even Batwoman joined in. Make that out to Marv, M-A-R-V. Marv, M-A-R-V, you're welcome. Marv, as far as you know, how long have Supergirl and I and all the the rest of us um, been working together on this Earth? Uh, since forever? Uh, I mean... 
Again, anytime you can do a creator cameo is awesome, even though you should probably be making more money for actual rights of characters you created. But I was hoping George Perez would have showed up too. <laughs> Apparently, according to Marv Wolfson's Facebook page, George Perez was in England when this was filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave him a reference on the street sign, though. Yes, yeah. they did. So, so I'm guessing that maybe they called Perez and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. Because he has been having some health issues, too, I believe. Yeah. He's retired from, well, he, from drawing. Um, you know, and, he's, and he's I, diabetic. I believe and, he's retired. I thought he retired from conventions, too, hasn't he? He's going to be doing a few conventions here and there. He's coming to one here, I think, sometime this next year. Um, but it seems like the kind of thing where if he was available, he would have done it. Yeah. So it's cool. I, I did was kind of hoping I'd see Paris. So, but it did take me a minute to uh, realize it was Marv Wolfman. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, oh, God, I know who that is. I'm like, I know that face. And then I figured it out just before he started spelling his name. <laughs> I was like, oh. But, you know, it looked like he was uh, he was having so much so much fun uh, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, what did you guys think about the, the segmenting of the worlds? I mean, I like the idea of all these worlds, all these Berlanti worlds being together. Yeah. I called it. But I said they'd combine those worlds and keep the multiverse intact. Well, yep. it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got IMDb opened up, and I've got the, the, the title page for Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 5. And on the description of the episode, all it says, worlds lived, worlds died, nothing will ever be the same. Which was the original tagline. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the whole series. Um, and, but I was I was pleased that they did a lot of it, but I was surprised by some of the, the, the things they wound up changing. And, well, Doom Patrol and Titans being on completely different universes. Yeah, I, I, right. was, surpri- I was surprised by that, be- especially being that there was a, a Doom Patrol episode in Titans. Yeah. And it was the same cyborg, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. So they yeah. actually... Wait, they... They stated that. Uh, what do they have right. on different right. Earth I, captions? I've, I've got I've got the list here of the Earth we saw at the end. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Earth Prime is the CW Earth. Once again, the arrogant title. <laughs> you know, calling it Earth One before I thought was arrogant. You know, yeah. it, 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 they should have made them letters or something else. Well, the, yeah. the silver the silver age justification was the numbers was the order in which they were discovered. Oh, Barry okay. discovered Barry discovered. Oh, okay, Earth yeah, two. yeah, yeah. So are the true. other ones. Right, and then it kind of went from there. So Earth Two was uh, that's the Star Girl show, okay? Because that's which, gonna be the which JSA. makes sense. That that seems like a Justice Society era type thing, right? So that kind of that that tracks. Earth Nine is the Titans Earth. Why that? I was surprised to see that in Doom Patrol or on different Earths, but yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate actually. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. Earth Twelve well, is that supposed to be the upcoming Green Lantern show? Yeah, there's a Green Lantern series coming up, but that was shots from the. That was, that, was shots, that was shots from the movie. Yeah. Yes. So that was pretty surprising little cameo, too. <laughs> that, yeah, so I was, like, I was like, really? They're putting that in? Yeah. <laughs> like, of the movie? But wasn't Berlanti involved in that movie? Yeah, he wrote or it. Guggenheim? Berlant- or Guggenheim? Or Guggenheim? Or were they both involved? Um, Let me see here. Chris was trying to pull it up, and he was... Yeah, but the Green Lantern thing, that's going to be like an HBO Max or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's... Greg Berlanti wrote the screenplay... And let me see if Guggenheim got any kind of credit at all. Yeah, he got Screen Story out. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> so they were they were both involved with the movie. Yeah, they were both involved in in writing the screenplay, Screen Story. My my guess is that Earth Twelve is going to be the Green Lantern show, but they don't have any probably don't have any footage from the show yet. No. 
which I don't think they should. So they kind of use that as a placeholder. Yeah, I just wonder Earth if we're going to get Guy Gardner. Uh. Well, it's small doses. Guy Gardner's okay. Yeah, Guy Gardner <laughs> could be fun in small doses. I don't know how you write him in this day and age. Honestly. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> you'd have to turn him down. You'd have to turn him down. You'd have to turn him down. Oh, no, uh, no, stop. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, and, and Mark Strong said he wanted to reprise the role of Sinestro, and Sinestro is supposed to be uh, a focus of that new series. And, I would love that because he rocked that part. <laughs> and you know Jared Padalecki is now Walker, Texas Ranger, so Jensen Eccles is looking for something to do. Oh, no way. And they've, they've hinted that he might play Guy Gardner uh, or Hal Jordan. He could do Hal Jordan, you know. I remember but, back in the day, Bradley Cooper would have made a good Guy Gardner. Hmm? But you know what? You know what? This is um, this is actually not for a TV series. This is for a possible movie. So let me see what they've got for the series. Yeah, that's supposed to Green Lantern Corps is supposed to yeah. come out in you know twenty forty or something at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm right, let me let me continue my list here. Yeah, yeah. Earth nineteen is Swamp Thing. Okay, which may or may not ever come back. So I don't think I don't think yeah. it's ever going to come back with <laughs> HBO Max. Right I don't want it to come back. And uh, Earth ninety six. I'm going to assign that to Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said that. Like they it, said so. Know? And then by proxy, I guess the Reeves. Nope. In my eyes, the Reeves films are Earth seventy eight. Okay. <laughs> but they did say that uh, the Lois and Jimmy and all them did survive. Yeah. Um, you know all you know, and so that's why he was back in the original colors. Right. That would, was with, actually the big surprise, and it, that got the the the, the gr- you know shit eating grin out of me. <laughs> oh yeah, there at the end. My my only nitpick, my only nitpick for that moment was what? With, with going back to the original color scheme, if they had done a more uh, traditional uh, shield. Mm, yeah, just the Kingdom Come shield just looks weird. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the Kingdom. It, it did go to the original. I thought. No, it was the kingdom. It was the kingdom come symbol. But it, it had it was yellow and red. And it wasn't yellow. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. But it was still the kingdom come uh, design. Yeah. yeah. And where is that? There it is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not the two fishes going across each other. No, it's. Uh, I still like the material they use there. And you know, my first thought was when Weather Witch showed up in on. National City. How did she get Skeletor's Havoc staff? <laughs> <laughs> She'd had that before, I thought. Yeah. But it looked like she stole that from the set of masks. And what happened universe. to Weather Wizard, man? It's supposed to be Weather Wizard, not Weather Witch. Well, we've seen the we've seen her before. Yeah, we have, really. we, have, we have seen her before. Yeah. She's the Weather Wizard's brother, I believe. Hi! Oh! oh. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Well, I gotta get an ear, ear, earphone in your ear. Can you Hi hear me? guys, I'm sorry. Hi, I missed y'all. She can take over my spot soon because I'm gonna have to bail like within 25 minutes or so. But yeah, we're we're all gonna have to bail. I'm afraid we gotta get this yeah, to, so. to bed and all that. But uh, yeah. see, they brought back. Uh, I just wanted to say hello. I'm gonna go get off my feet now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we we can go again. I don't have as ton to say about. Uh, about this episode, apparently, like they've repositioned the Lex Luthor. Apparently, one of the things Crisis was able to do 
is the, I guess they gave the writers of each show kind of a list of things they wanted to change. Right. Yeah. You'd have and, to oh, organize this somehow because they got to. Here's go. the opportunity. You can have things that you didn't have before. Lex Luthor is uh, the head of the DEO, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> it won't last long. I mean, no, I, sure. I, it makes me think of that. Um, you know, the Superman Batman comic series that they also turned into an animated movie. Right. Where, where you know, he was president and he just, of course, went completely nuts and revealed himself to, you know, as what he was. And I, I'm sure that they're, they're going to do that again, where he'll be the villain on the run, either from Supergirl or Superman. Batman, Superman, Public Enemies? No, it's yeah. the one that. Oh, okay. oh, they brought right. back, uh, they right, brought yeah. back Diggle's evaporated child. Yeah, they undid that mistake from Flashpoint. I mean, that was cool. You know, good yeah. Fun. Did they bring back Cisco's brother? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Did, did they bring back Cisco? I know. Well, I mean, he's leaving the Flash, isn't he? Like a, They've been well, sitting there for over a year so. now. Really? Huh. Well, I, actually, he said that he's not. Okay. But it. Uh, but although it seemed like at the end of the last season, they were kind of positioning Cisco to leave. Yeah, but now they've positioned, put him in position basically to lead the group. Right. Which I thought Iris was trying to do, but you, you're, you're not as big on Iris as others, so you know, I guess it's not a... Well, one of my questions is... This goes a better guy in chair. Lucifer. Oh. <laughs> is he going to be in their universe now? No, Lucifer Ooh. was in his own universe. Yeah, but six, yet, six. <laughs> still, he was able to yeah. talk with Constantine, and he's mm-hmm. able to move between multiverses. I read that on his comics. Uh, yeah, but I think he's probably going to stay where he is. Correct me if I'm wrong, um... What's his name? Matt Ryan was listed in the credits, I think, in the second episode. But I don't that's remember. Contractual, that's, con- that's contractual obligation. Because I don't remember yeah. seeing him at all. I was wondering if maybe one of his scenes was what was sacrificed for the well, Ezra Miller he's a, thing. He's a, I think he's a re- because he's a regular on Legends. Yeah. yeah. He, and that's a Legends episode. He has to be in the in the credits whether ah, he's in the episode am, or not. Yeah, IMDb says credit only for him, yeah. Yeah. for Gideon. So we didn't even get the voice of Gideon. Um no. Nora Dark, yeah, we didn't get Sarah Nora Thomas, Dark. We only, Charlie. All we got were Ava and uh, Hank. Because yeah. I know Ray and Nora are, are both and, doing and, and, yeah. legends. And we got series. Mick, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, he's not necessarily wanting to go, so I'm I'm kind of wondering what's going on there. Are yeah, they just deciding like, they uh, don't need as many characters? Well, sometimes well, actors just Ryan don't, Joy, so don't I don't get know to that. choose that. Maybe yeah. he's getting too expensive. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he might have moved into a new salary bracket, and they're just like, yep. Yeah. Um, nope. Okay, the big question is, though, like, we have a Hall of Justice. Now, is everyone going to be just, like, shouldn't we assume everyone's headquartered out of there now, and there is actually, like, a Super Friends slash Justice League well, in I this think world? Well, fr- I think there is a Super Friends slash Justice League, but... Uh, I think that's the, see annual, that show or? that's the annual I, I, I would like, point. I would like to see some renovations. Yeah. Because right yeah. now it looks like a garage. But, I mean, presumably it's like, well, this is headquarters now. We'll, we'll pick, you know, we'll set up the monitors and and the, the fancy table and, and we'll go from here and we'll all just chill and have dinner here together. And I liked what Jefferson asked about, oh, so this, how often does the world almost come to an end? <laughs> and they all just give him that. Yeah, he's just oh, like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Me, personally, I want a TV show. Justice uh, a Justice League TV show. I mean, we all do, Chris. And I know that would be really expensive and hard, but I thought it would always be cool to see Superman, Batman, and live action, oh, Flash, be... and all of them. Yeah, I would 
I, I would call it the Super Friends. I would just be completely un, you know, un, unashamed about it and just go for it. You got Black Lightning in there, for God's sake. If if, you, well, if you're gonna leave, if you're gonna do it, yeah, do it whole hog. Here's here's the thing. They said that they're they're not going to do another big one like this for a long right. time. So next year has got to be the challenge of the Super Friends. There you go. That would be yeah. beautiful, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what else would be cool if they. Instead of one big one, do smaller ones. Yeah, and that's I think that's why they did this to give to give us that central point. Like, you know, they'll have next year's crossover will be challenges of super friends. And each episode, you know, it'll start off at the Hall of Justice and someone having to do something and bring in, you know, so and so, maybe one or two guest stars a week rather than right. you know, everybody coming. Yeah. Yeah, because they always used to do, you know, like just Batman and Wonder, or just Superman and right. Wonder Woman off doing something with Apache Chief or something, you know, which we probably That's shouldn't. We only had seven. Which minutes. we probably shouldn't bring into this show. No Apache. No, Chief. no, no Apache no. Chief. No Sam. No, no Samurai. No Samurai. <laughs> what about? Well, we've already Vulcan. got. We've already got. We've got Black Vulcan. No, we got right. Black yeah. Lightning. Yeah. I don't know why they made up Black Vulcan. <laughs> because they couldn't. They couldn't make a deal with Tony Isabella. Oh, is that why I didn't know? Huh. Yeah, that's why. They didn't want to pay Tony Isabella for Black Lightning. Right, gotcha. Look at Black Vulcan. He is Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was his name. Actually, I thought it was, actually was Black Lightning for some reason. So, I, I think we've said everything we need to say about the uh, about the fight at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you Except know, the, how much is that? a brief moment of Honey, I Shrunk the Superman. That was, yeah. Uh, well, and the, the one scene, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the one scene with uh, Tara rushing to save Kal-El, that, that, that basically is when she died in the comics, wasn't it? Isn't that how yeah. she died in the uh, the comic run, was basically saving him like that, and, you know, but luckily she didn't. And then Dr. Light distracted her. Yeah. Right. And she got, oops. Yeah. I did like that. Cal, where are you? I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, much as I don't like the CGI soup, it was pretty neat seeing yeah. soups and Supergirl blasting away. Still don't think their their eye vision should be blue, but whatever. Well, it, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay, the uh, the one uh, the one comment about, about Superman that I want to make is his surprise. This is where I think the writers kind of screwed up. His surprise at having two kids. Hey, Lois. Clark, I need you to get to Metropolis now. It's the boys. The boys? Yeah, honey, your sons. Yeah, I mean... He's... He did not... He was was not a paragon. He should... Before the John Jones brain dump, ah, he yeah. shouldn't... Hmm. He shouldn't know anything. He should have known that he had two kids. Yeah. Hmm. But he, he wasn't... Only know... Yeah, I guess he wasn't. He yeah, you're right. You're right. He was wiped out with everyone and then brought back at the very end. The only way I can surprise this is if maybe his maybe he was a little confused from the from the John Jones mind dump. Yeah, could be. And but I mean, this this world got reconstituted with Diggle having both of his kids back. So maybe just you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe this this Superman's you know kind of. Frankenstein in from several Earths and yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. My 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 final thought as this episode ends. This goes out to Zack Snyder. This is how you unite the seven. Yeah, <laughs> Zack Mundo. Yeah. Okay, now let me ask you: Did you think the Sargon the Sorcerer scene was a little way too over the top compared to the rest of it? 
Yes, but then I remember this is a legend. Yeah, so. yeah it's a legend. Was it was it really that much more over the top than Giant Bebo turning into <laughs> right. a candy? Yeah, no, not at all. And oh. Supergirl going, pew! <laughs> <laughs> she seemed so out of character in this episode, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. They mm-hmm. kept her alive. They didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's all I got. I, I, again, uh... I may have I to start I, watching these again because I mean it's it's this is like what they used to do in the comics. Like here's your jumping on point, kids. <laughs> start reading comic books. You know, but. Smallville did this to me. You know, <laughs> every time I every time I was like on the cusp of dropping of stopping, they'd have a really good episode and I'd stay. And that cycle continued for like th- five seasons. But I mean, I now I wish else. I'd kept up on all of them because then I would see how jarring the changes are. But I mean, it does kind of make me want to start watching them again god help me but um well, in particular stuff like I, i'm still really impressed by ruby rose as batwoman i yes yeah I absolutely that, nothing about the character other than she's fucking badass and she's a good actor she got lost she got lost in this yeah episode. yeah but the, the new episode, one of my notes during the fight is where's kate <laughs> yeah. yeah her new episode of uh of batwoman was really good though this week it, it was that they, they, and did you notice, Brian? They've already uh, taken advantage of the new paradigm. Yep. The article by Cara Danvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I, I think that's gonna. I, I hope they are able to we manage this, and, and it won't get unwieldy. Like, like let's be honest, the Marvel Universe got unwieldy after a while. Um, to do it on TV and. You know, have the obvious questions like, well, freaking Batwoman lives just across the bay there. You know, why didn't she help him car out, you know, or whatever? Because you saw, cause, cause you <laughs> saw that you saw in the next episode that, that was on that night, she's doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I mean, everything kind of everything kind of takes place concurrently. So, right. right but then well. there's also the, the fan demand. And because I am one of those fans that, that I want to see crossovers more often. <laughs> it's 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 not Particularly, I want Black Lightning to hang out with these guys. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, he's yeah. the adult in the room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he should be pretty much the leader of the club, actually. Yeah, but you, yeah, it, it, can you imagine him just, you know, one day turning to Superman? Hey, Clark, there's some drug dealers over in the neighborhood. Could you go clean, clean it out? <laughs> yeah. You could do the uh, the comic we covered. <laughs> Back to the yeah. bin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we lost Chris. Uh-oh. Uh, he got uh, called away, I think, something for his mom. Okay, well, I think we're about to lose ourselves pretty soon. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't have anything else to uh, to say about this. Well, so, I'll, say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Because of this and the changes that have been made, you know, I mean, we're watching Batwoman because we've been watching Batwoman and really liking it. We're back to watching Supergirl, which I kind of, you know, dropped off because I was just getting a little too beat down with the social justice bits. Yeah, it's, it's a little much. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to give Legends another try this season to see how it how it does come off. Um, but 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 we'll see. But, uh, and we're, of course, watching The Flash always. I'm definitely going to be watching the Superman thing. Uh, my, my protest about him having children aside, I kind of wish they had just gone with a straight-up Superman show. But... Um, Gotta do the the CW family drama nowadays. So, yeah. Uh, Are you guys looking forward drama. to Star Girl? I, I, I apparently there's gonna be a bunch of Justice Society stuff showing up. So yeah, possibly. I, wa- I wasn't until I saw the trailer for it. I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet, but yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. You know. 
Yeah, they got Dr. Midnight in there, is that right? Ooh, and they got that, what's that giant robot they got? Bebo. No, that's not Bebo. <laughs> uh, that, it wasn't Bebo. <laughs> so but no, he... I know what you're talking about. It looked like the Iron Giant. Hmm. Yeah, but I saw that, I was like, oh. Let me see, I'm going to see if I can find that. But um, anyway, you know, we're just kind of trying to wrap up, Christopher. Um, and Giancarlo Esposito, that can't be it. What? That. There's two Stargirls listings, both on, in 2020. But one of them is a series with the girl, and the other one looks like a movie with Giancarlo Esposito, who's playing uh, Moff Gideon on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I, assume, I assume he's not playing Stargirl. No. <laughs> no. We do lots of things with CGI these days. That, that, that is true. <laughs> okay. They don't, I don't see that any kind of name showing up for any kind of robot-type character, but... It's they don't have any of the superhero names other than Janet or Justin (laughs) and Dragon King. We've got a Dragon King. Can't go wrong with a Dragon King. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll probably stick just to Superman. Check out the show just to see what they come up with. You know, just out of curiosity. Now, how is that airing? Because I I, I remember it was going to be on the DC app initially. It still is. I think it's going to premiere first on the DC app. And then it's going to be on CW. Mm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because right now it still says DC Universe Streaming Service. Yeah. And also known as Kazarpapan in some sort of Russian script. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. Anyway, um, yeah, but uh, Chris, do you have anything, you know, uh, any final thing you want to say as we wrap up here? Uh, no. No? You don't? Anything you want to see happen in the future? Um... Not in, uh, not in the DC universe. Okay, so you're done with this. Yes. Uh, he's he's waiting for was it Lucifer season five? Lucifer season five. I've been waiting for for about the last three months. And that's going to be on Netflix here soon. So yes. he's looking forward to that. I haven't and watched Fla- the show. And, and, and Flash doesn't come back until February. I don't think. Really? Yeah, I was like, why didn't didn't there wouldn't there be an episode that came out this last Tuesday? No, Flash. I don't think it's coming back till February fourth. I thought so. I gotta take a look here because Beth said we record. We have one recorded. Yeah, I thought they all still had at least one episode left because they're doing like Ollie's funeral yeah. on the next Arrow. February fourth. Well, now now Legends is is back, so now I gotta find a time slot for it. I guess there is an episode called Grod friended me. <laughs> well, you know, Grod Grod has to, Grod, Grod gets to go on Facebook too. So, yeah. 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 Wonder if they have good Wi-Fi in Gorilla City. <laughs> okay. Better than ours. I also got to wonder what type of selfie pics are they posting there. Gorilla yeah. stuff. I, I, I know stuff. what my wife wants, and I've got to tend to her. So, guys, we're gonna have to go ahead and close up, or at least I'm. All right. Gonna... So, all right, Brian. Bye, Bye, Jesus. Gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna Bye Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, this yeah. was fun. Yeah. It yes. was. And we'll we'll try to get him to come out of his shell a little bit more. He's been so excited. I'm wondering what happened here because he really clammed up on me. You guys kind of spoke all of my opinions for me. Oh. <laughs> that happens a lot in these things, yeah. It yeah. does. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, thank Brian. Night. Night. Scott, thank you. Yep. Thank you, man. All right. And uh, I have, there are no immediate plans for the next episode of Man of Screen Extra. In the meantime, if you want to send feedback, it's always welcome. Man of Screen at gmail.com. If you want to join the conversation over at the Facebook group, just put Man of Screen Podcast in your search feed and the show should come up. You can also find the show on Twitter at Mana Screencast. Until next time, folks, we're like the spark and you fan the flame. 
Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Zemo, and all opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zemo and his guests and no one else. All music and sound clips used on the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyright, they are original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. Emails of this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man of Screen Podcast.